You're listening to Cornerstone Conversations, a podcast by Cornerstone in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Jeremy McNair, and I am the worship pastor here at Cornerstone. Today, I have two very special guests that I'm really excited to be able to introduce as we get started. As you listen to these conversations, we would love for you to be a part in them. If you could text us any comments, feedback, or questions that you may have, we'll take the very best and most applicable and respond to them in future conversations. You can do that by texting your comments to 817-809-3040. Right now we're going through an incredible series over the Apostles' Creed, and we've taken a few weeks to just dwell on the line, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And that is what today's conversation will continue to be over. Okay, so earlier I mentioned we have two very special guests. I want to take time to introduce them to you as our listeners because they are brand new to our podcast. I'm really excited to have them. First off, we have Josh Martin. He leads all of our children's ministry here at Cornerstone. He's an incredible student of the word. Josh, I'm so glad that you're here today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. And we also have Leah Harrell. Leah is actually our lead pastor, Bobby's mother. However, she's got way more experience in ministry than Bobby does. We actually counted up the number of years right before we had this conversation. And we are well past 50 years of ministry for Leah Harrell. So we're really excited to have you here today, Leah, as well. Thank you, but wow, that makes me feel old. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited for you to be a part of this because you have some incredible perspective, especially in this conversation over Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, over the past few weeks, we've been talking a lot about how Holy Spirit still has so much that he's doing and accomplishing in our lives as the believer now. And not only that, but how oftentimes our traditions and our backgrounds have suppressed the work of the Holy Spirit, and we've reduced him to something that we don't even talk about, as if he's not an actual person of the Trinitarian union of the Godhead. I'm curious if you guys could just tell me a little bit about your background and your experience. Last podcast episode, we had my wife, Erica. She talked about how she came from a little bit more of a charismatic background who really emphasized Holy Spirit's work. I came from a very traditional Baptist background where we pretty much just ignored that Holy Spirit was existent at all. So let's start with you, Josh. Josh, tell me about your upbringing, maybe even your religious background, and tell us a little bit about your experience with Holy Spirit up until now. Yeah, so pretty much the stories that you've told and the stories that Bobby has told are my story. I came from the same very, very traditional Baptist background that pretty much ignored the Holy Spirit, so much so that I couldn't just say the fruit of the Spirit off the top of my head mm. until much, much later in life than like our kids now. So it's definitely something that we ignored, and this is a big growing process and learning process for me as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, so then Josh, tell me a little bit about what the perspective shift was for you to kind of change you from someone who doesn't really dwell on or really focus on the Holy Spirit at all to being much more cognizant of His work in your life. Yeah, so when I just was thinking about our experience with God in general, I was thinking about the three parts of the Trinity, and we know the Father really well, we know the Son really well, but we don't know the Holy Spirit very well. But that's really strange to me, considering that Holy Spirit is the one we have 100% of our interaction with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we should know Him the best. Yeah. So that's really been the biggest shift, is trying to just adjust that perspective to when I'm talking to God, when I'm experiencing God, it's all through Holy Spirit rather than 
the father or the son. Mm, yeah. Okay. So Leah, you tell me a little bit about your background then. I know that you've had some incredible Holy Spirit moments in your yes. ministry. And again, this is something that Josh and I don't have the same kind of vantage point for. I would love to hear some of your background, maybe about how Holy Spirit's worked in your life and also in your ministry. I think it's incredibly valuable. But you know, I didn't always realize that was the Holy Spirit working. Ooh, tell me more about that. Because we were taught that the Holy Spirit was to convict us of sin and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. No talk about it. No preach about it. Don't give him any glory. Because if you talk about him, you're giving him glory. Yeah. And of course, I have a tad of a rebellious nature. No. I'm sure you don't know that. <laughs> and so I had several encounters that I don't really want to relate about how I contradicted people about that. But one day we had moved to uh, East Texas and I was working for a temporary job yeah. and it was icy and I don't do well on the ice. I know if you go in the direction of the skid, you're supposed to turn that direction, but that makes no sense to me. So I <laughs> want to turn the other direction. Yeah. And then it was CBs and the truckers were warning we were in Canton, and I'm driving to Arlington. Ice is on the freeways. Ice is here. Don't go fast. You know, they were given all kinds of crazy warnings. And I was scared to death. Yeah. Because I don't do well on ice. I have a wreck every time I get on ice. But I had to keep going. You're on a freeway. What are you going to do? And so I decided I would move over to the left-hand lane because it was more traveled. Mm. But the right-hand lane, I could go slower but I felt like I had to go faster in the left-hand lane. So in the process of getting to that lane, I lost control of the car. Oh, no. I'm holding real tight to the car wheel. And all of a sudden, as loud as it could be, and I know it wasn't loud, but to my mind, it was loud. Let go of the wheel. Let go of the wheel. <laughs> now, does that make any sense? No. But it, it, <laughs> I, I, I would generally advise against it, but yeah, continue. Yeah. And so I had a grip on the wheel, but I just let the wheel run freely in yeah. my hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I shut my eyes, of course, because oh. I didn't want to see what was fixing to happen. Wow. The CBers were hollering and screaming, lady out of control, <laughs> car out <laughs> of control. Be careful going over the hill. When the car stopped, I was in the far right lane on the shoulder going in the right direction. And there I sat. Wow. I didn't have a wreck. Hmm. I didn't know to turn it all over to the Holy Spirit, but he was telling me in no uncertain terms. And that really began my boldness with the Holy Spirit because yeah. I couldn't imagine even doing what I was doing as a pastor's wife because I had a great inability to read. Mm. I saw my words backwards. Okay, yeah. And so when I realized that, and I knew he wanted me to teach, but why would he want me to teach? Because I can't read well. Even till today, you get me upset in my classroom where I see that clock moving and I just have to stop yeah. and get my mind thinking the correct order. Right, yeah. yeah. So everything I do when I'm up speaking is with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not me yeah. at all. Absolutely. And so that journey has been a very exciting journey until this day. Yeah, you know? definitely. So one of my favorite spirit stories of yours, and I might be jumping ahead a little bit here because we haven't actually gotten to talking about some of the revelatory gifts of the spirit in our Sunday morning sermon series yet. However, it's something that, again, we haven't really talked much about in the past yeah. Leah, I know that there was a moment overseas. You were in right. a very rural Asian context, very tribal in nature. 
and you had a very gift of the spirit moment. I want to hear that story because this one was just incredible to me when I found out that this happened to you. Not everywhere that we went in India did we have an interpreter. And then when we had an interpreter, they said they were an interpreter, but they didn't understand Texan. Mm, Texan, yeah. (laughs) And so I was up teaching, and it was like, the Holy Spirit is so alive over there. Yeah. It's just, I want it to be that way here. Mm. And that is my prayer in our auditorium when I'm praying. I want it to be like that here. But I knew he brought us there to win souls. And so I was up teaching and uh, I went through the plan of salvation in English. That's all that I can speak. Yeah. But the interpreter wasn't there. What do you mean they weren't there? Just absent completely? Well, he wasn't following with me. Okay, I understand. So I didn't figure that all out until the other ladies that were there with me said, he wasn't following with you. So I went through the plan of salvation, asked who wants to be saved to raise their hand. Yeah. We prayed, and they heard the prayer and those words in their language. Wow. And the people there were astonished. Yeah. I was yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the same place that the wind came through and really scared me. I don't know if that was one in the same places that's been 10 or 15 years ago now. Yeah, right. But it was like when the Holy Spirit, they had huge shutters, about six foot tall shutters, wooden shutters. Mm-hmm. And the men hadn't come. They were going to come to the night session and Bobby was going to preach. So this was the afternoon session with the women, but we had a whole choir law full of men. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit afraid because I'm always afraid when I get up to speak. Yeah. And all of a sudden, those huge shutters, and there must have been 10 of them, started slamming. Wow. Slamming. They were open, and then they would slam shut. Yeah. And they did that a couple of times. Well, the ladies over here, I looked at them, and they said, oh, I said, no, we keep going. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't discern what was happening. But when I saw the amount of people that got saved. Mm. We knew what happened. There was yeah. definitely some kind of movement of there the spirit there. There was a movement of the spirit. Absolutely. Like, it's scary. Oh, yeah. But it's way exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do it again in a blink. That's why I love to go there. Yeah. So I'm curious, just to get both of your perspectives, because I've had some really crazy spiritual moments overseas in ways that I don't have them here in, you know, we're in Texas, but even in, you know, just broadly America, we don't have the same kind of wild spiritual moments. I'm curious to maybe know y'all's perspective on why the spirit might be moving differently elsewhere, or is he moving here in the same way where it's ignoring it? I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are. You know, that's a really good question. I'm not entirely sure of the right answer to that. Yeah. I think that maybe a big part of it is us ignoring the spirit. Yeah. You know, the American attitude is let's rely on ourselves. We can do it ourselves. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing. But that's not how the Holy Spirit works. And I think that we rely too much on ourselves and don't look for him Mm. nearly as much as a place that's more impoverished or, you know, there's a million other things. Well, there's kind of an immediate dependency elsewhere, you know, where we think that we can be, you know, maybe not conceptually, but practically gods of our own world. Yeah. We think that we can be in charge in the way that God wants to be in charge and Mm -hmm. we assert our dominance in that way. Whereas in a lot of other contexts and cultures, they understand their place in relation to who God is and his right. greatness, right? Right. 
What do you think, Leo? Why do you think there is kind of a discrepancy between what you're saying happened overseas for you versus, you know, just your general ministry experience here in America? I think they're hungry yeah. to know truth. And I think we are too sophisticated to realize we don't really know truth. Wow. We know reason. We want to reason everything out. Yeah. But we don't want God's truth. Yeah. And they want truth in the midst of horrible paganism. Mm. They want truth. And God wants them to have truth. Yeah. And it's a work of God. It's, you know, God says to go do something, you go do it, and you get the blessings. Yeah. And the only thing, like I said a few weeks ago, we can't get to India right now. The only thing that we can do is pray, of course, for them and financially give to them. Yeah. And that should be our goal. If God's not going to use us there to win souls, then use us to provide the means by which those people can win souls there. And fortunately, we can be confident that the same spirit that moves within us is moving there as well. And this is one of the things that Bobby and I have mentioned in other podcast episodes. It's devastating to think that the spirit who was meant to unify the body, the spirit who was given to us so that we could be fully present with God at all times, that that has become a dividing factor when the fact that we have the same spirit that our friends overseas and who deal with spiritual warfare and oppression in a way that we just haven't dealt with. Yeah. We are unified by the same spirit. That should mean something. Mm-hmm. We kind of get cold and indifferent, though. Yeah. We do. We're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking in our lives to us each day. And I've noticed that, of course, touch on it all through John. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how... God's Spirit speaks into our life and that still small voice, and we've talked about that through where we are in John. And I'm surprised only one lady came up to me, and she said this past week, I asked the Holy Spirit to show me some things, and He revealed some things to me. Now, this was a lady that's my age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she is so on fire and so excited that she knows now how the Holy Spirit speaks, but we have not been taught that. Yeah. And I'm thrilled that you're spending time to teach on the work of Holy Spirit in our life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It matters. And it's important. It does. matters a lot. A lot more than we give him credit for. Definitely. Yes. yes. So Sunday, I preached a sermon kind of talking about the difference between walking in accordance to the desires of your flesh and then contrasting that with what Paul demands of us, which is to walk by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I want to kind of go into that conversation a little bit because I think it's a really hearty discussion to be had, but also I think it's kind of a shift in thinking as far as who the fruit of the Spirit belongs to. Yeah. So let me just go backwards. Let me read a little bit of Galatians where this idea is presented. This is starting in Galatians 5 verse 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. But those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So I guess the first thing is understanding that we all have a choice. I think that's one thing that Paul is really trying to illuminate here, that we have an option to either walk in the spirit and Mm -hmm. by the spirit versus walking in accordance to the desires of our flesh. Otherwise, he wouldn't have listed both things out there. He's speaking to believers at the church of Galatia. So with that in mind, I'm curious why you think believers are so quick to fall into the categories of the flesh. Well, I think that's just our natural predisposition is to lean towards the things of the flesh. And kind of like we've already talked about, we have just the tendency to drift off and do our own thing. You talked about idolatry and paganism in, right. in India, yeah. but it's just as prevalent here in the U.S. Right. It just is us. And yeah, not, we are the idols. Yeah, we are the idols, yeah. not mm-hmm. you know the little idol up on the mantle or whatever it is. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it so easy to drift into the things of the flesh and totally ignore the fruits of the Spirit because it's not what comes natural to us. You know, Jesus said there again, I'm in John, so I'm referring to John. Yeah, and you're referring to a class that you teach here Wednesday nights at Cornerstone in person. It's a wonderful study through the book of John that you've been doing this whole semester. And I'm so excited. You know, you read something and you read it maybe every year for who knows how many years and you never see it. And Jesus came to do the will of the Father and he said, everything that I do, I do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what he is trying to do is teach us and the disciples how to live with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So he demonstrated that time and again, and I point that out. The second birth is the one I think we haven't given much cadence to, to be born again. You're born into the Father's house. Mm. I took on the traits of my dad. Yeah. You know, but have I taken on the traits of my father? Ooh, that's good. Have I taken on his traits? And I think if we would consider, we can't put on, in my opinion, the traits of the Holy Spirit. He's not asking us to do that, right. which took a whole lot of stress off of me. Exactly. Because yeah. I don't have those traits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can be a bit hot-headed at times No, when yeah. <laughs> God wants us to be patient and loving and kind. So the Spirit has to take control of me. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing for us to learn is if you're going to claim that you're part of the Father's household, then you need to take on the traits of your Father. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus had those traits. He was a man, flesh and blood, but he had Holy Spirit directing. He said, I don't do anything of my own will. Everything I do is for the Father's will, for the Father's glory, everything. And that leads exactly back to what we talked about Sunday on who the fruit actually belongs to. That's right. It belongs to Holy Spirit. To the Mm -hmm. Spirit, absolutely. And this has been a major shift in thinking for me, especially, and it might not be for you guys, but for me, it's always been this understanding that, okay, I'm lacking in peace. So I need to pray that the Holy Spirit will give me peace, or I'm really lacking in patience, so I need to pray that God will put situations into my life Mm -hmm. where I can then work on and grow in patience. But the problem with that is, if you truly believe that 
Holy Spirit indwells the believer that right. when we are saved, we have his presence within us, mm -hmm. then we should have his fruit within us as well. Because otherwise we say, and this is a problematic way of thinking, we essentially say, yes, I have Holy Spirit within me, but I don't have his peace. Right. That doesn't work. You're not allowed to say, I have Holy Spirit, but I don't have his joy. Or I have Holy Spirit, but I don't have his faithfulness. Because you do. Because you do. If Holy Spirit is truly within you, then you do have all of those things within you. Mm -hmm. And it's a problem to say, I have only a portion of Holy Spirit. Or I only have a segment of his fruit available to me at this moment. That's not true. And yeah. it's just not the way that the spirit works. The way the spirit works is he is all those things. That is the way that he displays himself. If you want to know how Holy Spirit is active and working in the lives of the believers, it's because you see the fruit of his work, but they're all his work. Yeah. And we've gotten to this problem and this really troublesome way of thinking that we are responsible for displaying Holy Spirit's fruit. Whereas what I think we do instead is we walk by the flesh and thus suppress the fruit of the spirit yeah. that we've allowed ourselves to completely block what Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And we choose to put up a kind of a governance against Holy Spirit's action and his fruit because we want to walk by the flesh and not by the spirit. Yeah. And that's something I actually put a lot of thought into this week after Sunday sermon is, you know, when we at least coming from the Baptist tradition. Right. A lot of times when we're thinking of what the Spirit does in us and what our end goal is, I think obedience comes to mind. Right. And that is just what we aim towards. If the bullseye is obedience, then that's what we're aiming for. But I don't think that's the case. Right. And I think that's why a lot of the time we miss out on all the fruit of the Spirit because we're putting all of the weight on our shoulders to reach this point of obedience. Right. But that's not what we're aiming at at all. That's true. And you know that's true because in this Galatians passage, it doesn't say, ask for the fruit of the Spirit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is this thing. And so what you need to do instead is crucify the flesh. Exactly. It's yeah. not a matter of adopting the traits of the Spirit. Right. The traits of the Spirit are already present. What you have to do is crucify the flesh in order to let the fruit of the Spirit be displayed in your yeah, life. There again, that obedience isn't even the goal. It's going to be a byproduct of us living and abiding in Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And that fruit coming out. Yeah. Because it's already in us. The obedience is walking by the Spirit. Right. The obedience isn't just to get the fruit. You know, we see this a lot of times where someone, you know, maybe a situation of self-medicating, right? I have a headache. And so I go and get myself Tylenol because I want my headache to go away. Right. And maybe the headache is there because I haven't gotten enough sleep. Yeah. But instead, I'm just going to go straight for the medicine because I think that's going to get rid of my headache when really the problem is I need to sleep more right. or I need more water or whatever it is. Maybe I need less stress, whatever the situation is. But I think we're quick to do that with spiritual matters as well. Mm -hmm. We say, okay, I'm just going to go straight for the peace and I'm going to aim for that and I'm going to do everything that I can to get the peace of God in my heart. And it's kind of putting a bandaid on a, on a deeper situation mm -hmm. and it's masking the fact that we're not really walking by the spirit instead we are suppressing his peace because we're currently walking by the flesh yeah well there's a lot there in what y'all just said i think a lot of times we have the right motive we want to be directed by the holy spirit in our lives but have we fed him have we put into our being god's word god is not at our beck and call right 
We are at Holy Spirit's beck and call. And he's not going to use us for his service unless we have his word within us. Yeah. To lead us and direct us, because that's his spiritual food. Holy Spirit uses God's word to convict us. And Absolutely. if we don't have his word within us, what do you have to give out? What does he have to use? Well, and this yeah. is even something that we talked about, maybe a podcast episode or two ago, where how do you know if what I am thinking or what I'm feeling is in accordance with what the spirit is telling me to do, or is it just my own voice in my head? And I think the way that you do know whether or not it's spirit filled or just egotistical is whether or not it aligns with the scripture. And you can't know if it aligns with the scripture if you don't know the scripture. (laughs) That's right. And when you're more and more in the word of God, and when you're more and more in tune with what God is telling you through scripture, you're going to be more likely be able to follow his spirit because you know okay this is a situation that is clearly god honoring this is something that clearly god wants me to seek out because it aligns with how scripture tells us to act and how scripture wants us to be molded into the image of the father ultimately leah at one point you told us a story about you know it's kind of early in the wave of covid where you had an interaction with someone And it was very spirit-led. I'd love for you to just Mm. tell that to our listeners now. Well, it was this time last year, and I had to match a piece of blue fabric. And if I didn't go before that dye lot was gone at Joanne's in Denton, then I wouldn't get it. And that was what initially started my wanting to go, but I didn't feel like going. And so maybe I just wouldn't go. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit told me, you will go. I have something for you to do. You've got to go. So, well, okay. You know, I kind of argued with him a little bit. <laughs> and he's told me now, go now. And so I grabbed the fabric up and I took it to go out the door. And Bobby said, what are you doing, Mom? You know you don't feel good. You need to stay in bed. And I said, no, I've got something to do. I'm on a mission. So I got to the fabric store. I knew right where to go. I've been there before. <laughs> and so I didn't know why I was going. I just knew he told me to go, and that's what I do. When he tells me to go, I go. And so I turned the corner, and there she was. There was a lady. And she was standing by the fabric that I wanted to look at, and she was looking at it, in fact. And people in fabric stores, if they're quilters, they tend to help each other out. So I began to question in my own mind, should I really bring up what he's telling me in my mind to do right now? Hmm. Should I follow the spirit? Should yes. I walk by the spirit or should I walk according to my own selfishness? get this fabric yeah. and go back to bed. And so I pulled out the piece that I needed to match it to. And I asked this lady, I said, do you think those colors match? Well, I knew they didn't. And she said, no, I don't think that looks very good. And we started talking, had a conversation. Yeah. And she said, well, I'll tell you, let's go over here and look. So I had the hook in, right? So we talked quite a bit about the fabric and what I was making. And she looked at me and she said which was strange, but not really. Is there anything else you're looking for? Mm. I said, yes, as a matter of fact, there is. (laughs) I want to do these picture words, and I'm trying to get the fabric, and I want to do this design, and da-da-da. And she said, picture words? I don't know what you're talking about. She said, I'm Christian, but I don't know what Hebrew picture words are. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, we're going for it. And I said, well, you know the word trust in your Bible— I'm not trying to say that trust means something different. Mm -hmm. And I went through the meanings of the three letters. And I said, the first one is a picture of a house. It's a tent. She said, oh, yeah, they all lived in tents. And the tabernacle was a tent. And she just took right off. Yeah, very clearly knew. Yeah, she knew. And she was hungry for something. 
I didn't know what. Holy Spirit did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, if you're saved, you're in his house. Yeah. She said, I'm in his house. And I said, yes, let me show it to you. And I had a little scrap of paper, a little bitty piece, and I drew the first picture word. I said, yeah, you're in his house if you're saved. I hadn't told her what the word was that we're talking about yet. And I said, the next one. And she said, yes, what's the next one? Hmm. And so I made the circle with a little cross in it. And I said, this is a, and she picked up on it. I mean, very crudely made. She said, that's a basket. Wow. And I said, yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you. (laughs) Hmm. Yes, it is a basket if you're in his house. You're in his care. He takes care of you like you would cuddle a baby in a bassinet. Yeah. Yeah. She said, what's the next one? I said, okay. She's all in now. She is all in. I said, it's a picture of a fence. She said, I'm fenced in. I said, that's right. Mm. And then she turned her head away from me. And I said, this is a picture word for trust. Yeah. And she didn't say anything. Now, I didn't over talk it, which is a thing you need to learn if you're witnessing. I didn't over talk it. And it seemed like forever. (laughs) She turned back around, big tears running down her face. Wow. And she said, I know why you're here. She said, I haven't been trusting God like I should. Mm. Yeah. And I said, it's the Holy Spirit that brought me here to tell you yeah. this word. And we walked through the store a little bit, and she said, I have to tell you what my last name is. And I said, okay. She said, my last name is Angel. Hmm. Not that she was an angel. Yeah, right. sure. But she was relating to the fact that this was a God thing. Yeah, I love that. It was a God thing. And you know what I love about that story, too, is Holy Spirit was doing something very intentional for her, but also for you, that in that moment, you both needed Holy Spirit to be doing something in your hearts. Yes. And what he was accomplishing for each of you was very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love that that one moment was so spirit-filled that everyone reaped the benefits. That's another part of that unifying thing of Holy Spirit. Yes. Is that's how we're all connected. Yes. Even though... You had a totally different need than she did at that time. Holy Spirit is already in both of you, and he knows what both of you need and can just bring that together on a, you know, what we would think of just a random encounter at the fabric store. But it's not at all. Yeah, it's purposeful, it's intentional, and it's spirit-filled. Yeah. And we need to start seeing things that are spirit-filled for that. We need to start recognizing it and giving God credit when he does cool things. We need to start saying, okay, that was a real spirit-filled moment. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I've had a lot of conversations with people about this week in particular is when they're really struggling in the moment of, okay, I can choose to either walk by the spirit or I can choose to repress the spirit by walking in accordance to the desires of my flesh. Mm. This is a question that I've gotten a lot is how do you walk by the spirit? How do you reject your flesh? What are the coping mechanisms that you use to be able to put aside the desires of your flesh and instead pursue the walk of the spirit. I'm curious what you both do, because I think we can get really practical here. What are some practical things that people can do to help turn away from the desires of the flesh and instead point toward and walk by the spirit? So I think the biggest thing for me, and this is a big shift too, and the last couple months is just an open line of communication, not thinking of prayer as, okay, I'm going to pray and then I'm done and I'll come back to it later. I've heard the analogy used before of talking to God like it's a text message conversation. Mm. You send a text, you get a response. It might be a couple minutes. If you need it to again, send another text. Yeah. And it's just that open line of communication all day long, knowing that Holy Spirit is in me and I'm just keeping close to him, keeping in communication with him, keeping in contact with him so that 
that gap doesn't grow yeah. to be filled by something else. Right. And what I love about that is it's an acknowledgement of his presence. Yeah. It's saying, I understand that you're right here with me, so I can just keep on talking to you. Yeah. I don't have to make a long distance phone call. Mm -hmm. Right. You are present right now. And so I am able to say, Holy Spirit, that was really cool. What just happened then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Holy Spirit, I really want to be an encouragement to someone today. Or you can tell them, Holy Spirit, I am so miserable in my current state. Yeah. And we can be honest with him and we can be open and transparent because he sees us as mm -hmm. we are. No right. one knows our heart better than the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm. And we sometimes get in trouble with ourselves because we ignore his continued presence. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. I think it's a great way to, again, develop habits and develop rhythms where we're able to walk by the spirit because he's not foreign. He's not far away. If yeah. we recognize him as someone to talk to constantly, then it's easier than to jump to him in a moment of warring between yeah. our flesh and the spirit. If you keep him close all the time, it makes it a lot harder to the flesh walk to in the in. flesh. Yeah. 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 Leah, what are some things that maybe you do when you're faced with, not that this ever happens to you, I'm sure, oh, that, sure. I'm sure you never have this struggle, but, no, no. but what are some things that you do when you are forced between choosing to walk by the spirit or to walk by the flesh? I think the best thing that I have done over the last few years is just like you were talking previous, he is my best friend. So I don't have people to go with me shopping. I don't have people around the house. Yeah. He is my best friend. Yeah. And I talk to him all the time. So what I would do several years ago, I don't like, well, I like to go to the store with blinders on, go do what I want to do. If I see somebody I know, I usually will go down the other aisle. <laughs> I want to do my thing and get out of there, yeah. you know. But I thought that's not quite right. Holy Spirit was telling me this, of course. Yeah. So I began to try something different. So I said, Holy Spirit, show me who you want me to talk to. Mm. Just make the assumption that there is someone he, here. Yeah. yeah. And now a 10 minute trip to the grocery store may last an hour. <laughs> and it's not that we're talking spiritual things. Yeah. I always say, and God bless you, you know, helping me get something off the shelf that they don't think I can reach. And yeah. just finding things or me helping them or vice versa. And then we see each other all through the store. Yeah. I mean, I must talk to seven or eight people. And I find that if you say, God bless you, have a good day, something that has God's name in it, yeah. that they can see that you're a Christian, it just lights them up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It is such a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. And you know what I hear from that is that we need to be better about just saying yes to good things. Yes. Yeah. You know, we don't need to just shut down things that are good. And something like having interactions with yes. other people, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that maybe Holy Spirit wants to use our good interactions for his glory and for his benefit. Even. Right. And ultimately, that's Holy Spirit connecting with someone through you. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on with their life. Yeah, right. That could have been just the encouragement that they need. We don't know that. Exactly. And there's a good chance that someone in your local target doesn't need a dissertation on eschatology, <laughs> right. right? But maybe what they do need is for the joy of the spirit to be shown and displayed through you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe that's just as spiritually impactful as a theological debate. Yeah. I think more, more so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think more so. Absolutely. I think about for myself, some different coping mechanisms that I use when I have to choose whether to, again, walk by the spirit or walk in accordance to my flesh. One thing that I've found is so beneficial is to walk in community by the spirit. And we have to understand that we're not just in isolation as believers, 
that we aren't meant or even made to be just completely alone in the faith. That's true. We have people purposefully placed in our lives by Holy Spirit to make the walk more enjoyable even. And I don't think it's an accident that Paul uses the metaphor of walking because it is a journey Mm -hmm. and it is something that is more enjoyable with other people. And sometimes it's tiring because it's a walk. And sometimes you need other people to help pick up the slack for you. And I found that at times when I am choosing to maybe allow a bad attitude, overtake and suppress the will of spirit displaying his fruit through me. When I find a bad attitude, for example, is really repressing the fruit of the spirit, I need to get myself around people quickly who can Mm -hmm. turn that to being spirit filled again, who are going to be okay. And I have to be okay with allowing them to speak into me, telling me, hey, you're really operating with a fleshly attitude right now. And I have to be okay with that. But I found that the more and more that I integrate myself into the community of believers, the more and more easy it is then to walk in accordance to the spirit. Because again, he made us to live in community. Mm -hmm. That's how we are designed. I would even say that if humans are created in the image of God, God in himself is relational. Absolutely. absolutely. Because he has three parts within his one being. Mm -hmm. And they interact. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is really hard to understand. And it's something that's really hard to be okay with not understanding fully, but it doesn't make it any less true that God, the father, son, and spirit are all relationally connected. And if we are created in his image, then we must also understand ourselves to be relationally connected with other believers. And when we have that kind of understanding, then when we have a moment where we have to decide which side of the battle we're going to be on, it makes it a lot easier to choose the spirit filled side when you have other people on your team too. Yeah, definitely. So with that in mind, then You know, this Galatians portion of scripture ends with saying that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And that's a really strong statement because I haven't fully crucified my flesh and all of its passions and desires. It's a constant crucifixion. I am continuing to put to death the things that I would want from a very fleshly perspective in favor of allowing Holy Spirit to work through me. And within me. And I'd love to get some feedback from you guys about what that looks like to crucify the flesh. How do we do that? What does that look like? And why is it important? I think we tend to become lazy. You know, we tend to, well, I want to stay home tonight and watch TV. I don't want to come to Wednesday night. Yeah. I'd rather go to the football game than to do that, which is spiritual. It's all self-satisfying and gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. And we are a very self-satisfying, gratifying people. Mm Mm-hmm. We haven't crucified our desires, but I don't think at the same time he wants us to not go fishing like the disciples did. Oh, for sure. Let's go fishing. Let's get away from it all. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I just think the motive behind it shouldn't be evil, something evil. Well, and again, as soon as your selfish motivations start repressing the fruit of the spirit, that is the dividing line. That's the sign of what is decent, you know, just human desires versus evil fleshly desires. Yeah. And I think that might have just a lot to do with getting up every day with the perspective that you're going to pursue the fruit of the spirit (laughs) rather than the flesh. Yeah. I know what the Holy Spirit does to me. What? He wakes me up about 430 and there I am. And he's talking to me about something I've read that I'm going to teach or something I'm studying or something. And he won't let me go back to sleep. So before I go to sleep, I say, oh, 
I really need to sleep tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'm prepared to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just have to learn to put him first. Holy Spirit yeah. just really enjoys his morning he chats does. with you. Yeah. He yeah. does. And oh my goodness. Yeah. And they always want to know, people that know me well, what is he talking to you about now? Mm. You know? Yeah. But I want them to know what he's talking to them about. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, what is he talking to you about right now? Early this morning, yeah, he was talking to me about the Jews that were following him for food. And they were very worldly. And they reasoned versus faith. Faith is believing in God's faithfulness. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about God's faithfulness. And so when I see him faithful at the fabric store, then I have more faith in him. Yeah. And so then I see him the next time helping me teach a class. Mm -hmm. Then I have more faith in him, not in me, but in his faithfulness. Right. There's a confidence there. Yes. It reminds me of the verse, knowing that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Yes. We have confidence in that. Yes. I plan and do all the music here at the church. And it's one of my favorite worship themes is discussing how we can go forward with confidence because God has proven himself to be faithful. Right, is his faithfulness. Absolutely. Which kind of gets me to my last little section that I want to talk about for this podcast episode. We went to John on Sunday and we paralleled the fruit of the spirit with abiding in the true vine, where Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, remain in me and I in you, depending on the translation. Talks about how the branch is not capable of producing the fruit itself. Yeah. And I just want to end our time together talking about the parallel of abiding in God and then having his fruit be displayed through us. Yeah. So that makes me think of in Romans where we are grafted into the vine. Yeah. So we're not even capable of producing the fruit on our own. We're just like a stick, like a random stick in that picture. So being grafted into the vine means that we are connected. We are getting our life source, yeah, you know, all of all, the nutrients, everything that, that it needs is coming from that main vine. So I think it just is being connected as we're grafted in, we're already there. And that just helps us to fully abide because we're getting everything from it. We're directly grafted into him. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. again, I love the idea of all of our nutrients spiritually coming from him mm-hmm. because that's our food, right? It reminds me of, you know, someone who, is maybe on a hospital bed has an IV mm-hmm. in them or they're getting a blood donation. I mean, they can't produce it themselves anymore. They need someone else to sustain them. Yeah. And we find our spiritual sustenance through the spirit and through his fruit. And that's incredible visually to think about just that we are incapable of producing the spirit's fruit mm-hmm. because they are his fruit. Mm-hmm. And for us to pretend as though we are capable of producing the fruit of the spirit, that's saying that we're on the level of God. Yeah. And that's really a problematic way of thinking. We are not made to produce his fruit. We are made to display his fruit. Really takes the weight off our shoulders too. Right. There's so much yeah. pressure involved. Yeah. If you think that you are made to be as much of a spiritual producer as God himself, yeah. that's a lot of pressure. And it's one that we'll never be able to achieve or accomplish But if we understand that his fruit is displayed through us when we abide in him, then that makes it a lot easier because now it's not about our doing. It's just about who we're resting in. It makes it so much easier to live and abide in that fruit Yeah. without expecting to produce it yourself. Yeah, you can rest in the Lord knowing he's going to do it through you. And not only that, we can rest knowing that God is with us Mm -hmm. in his spirit, Mm -hmm. that we are indwelled by God himself as Holy Spirit. 
And it's not even that we have to put our rest in some kind of you know, far away idea. We're putting our rest in the God who chooses to dwell within us. Yeah. It's not even a lofty accomplishment on our part to rest in him. All we're doing is we're saying we're putting aside and crucifying the desires of our flesh. And instead, we're going to let you take control, Holy Spirit. We want you to display your fruit through us. We want you mm-hmm. to be the source of our sustenance. Yeah. This has been such a wonderful, robust conversation. I'm so thankful that you've joined me for this episode. Josh, Leah, we'd love to have you back another time to go over these conversations together because these are so fruitful, not only to our congregation here in Fort Worth, but also all around the world as people tune into these conversations. Again, as you listen, whether it's in your car on the way to work, in your earbuds as you work out at the gym or in the background of your home when you're cleaning up, it doesn't really matter. Wherever your preferred podcast listening time is, we want you to be engaged in what's happening here. We love when our listeners give us feedback, comment on what we're saying and ask questions that we can make sure that our conversations are always robust as they've been today. So if you could text any feedback that you have to 817 809 3040. We would love to hear from you. Again, all of our content, whether it's Sunday morning series or our Cornerstone Conversation podcasts are all available on our website at cbc.family media, as well as on any of the major podcast providers. We are so thankful for you and we cannot wait to continue these Cornerstone Conversations.